Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. Okay, so let's get to it and introduce my guest for today. So she's a self-confessed WordPress fan. She's a bona fide, is bona fide or bona fide? I don't know, scouser. She's a lover of ice cream. She's a house renovator. She's a crazy dog lady. I don't know about crazy. And she's a board game geek. That's exciting. When she's not at a keyboard, you can find her out for a walk with her dog. The gorgeous Pebbles, who is a very good assistant in the business, I can attest. She loves drinking homemade slow gin. Yes. Reading books like they're going out of fashion. Yes. And embarking on crazy travel adventures in a camper van. I'll have to pass on that one. It's Sarah Sarkis. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Dawn. Oh, what a lovely intro. I love doing those intros, you know, but actually it's always people's own words. I just collect it all off that there internet and put it all together. So it sounds amazing. So my first question to my guests is always, how high is your vibe right now on a scale of one to 10? And before you answer, I'm just going to say, I'm going to guess what the answer is and why, but go on, tell us all. I feel like I'm at the top of the scale today. I'm going to give it a 10. I've got to give it a 10. Dawn. And why would that be? Because I'm going on a massive tour of Spain tomorrow in yes. my shiny motorhome. I can't wait. Fabulous. And you've also not long come back from a cruise either. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. I've, yeah. I haven't been on a holiday for a while. So now I'm just getting a lot. Ramming it all in. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Although I am just jealous. And I did just tell her <laughs> that no one likes her because she keeps talking about holidays. <laughs> So I would love you to share with the listeners a bit about your background leading up to what you're doing now. And especially, I especially want you to tell us about Mr. McInerney. Oh, Mr. McInerney. I'll start back in Liverpool then if you want to include Mr. McInerney. So um, I was a teenager in the 80s in Liverpool. You know, I'm more Scouse than Scouse. Uh, I grew up really independent. I lost my dad when I was really young. So it was just my mum and I. And she was a great role model. You know, we were a team. If there was something needed doing, we just cracked on and did it. And kind of weirdly, I think I sort of grew up without gender stereotypes, which kind of then fed into what happened later. Because I think I grew up believing that anything was possible. And I was obsessed with science. I was obsessed with building stuff, taking stuff apart. Remember the old-fashioned telephones? So yeah. Like, in them and checking how they worked. I mean, my mom was a patient woman. Um, and I always wanted things like Meccano sets. And my best friend was wow. this boy across the road called Leon. And I remember him saying to me, they're for boys. And I went, what? Oh, 
that's that. easy. Economist for everybody. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, this is the 80s. You see my crows got introduced into primary schools. And I think our year four class and my teacher was this lovely man called Mr. McInerney. And I think we were one of the first to have programming in the curriculum. So he introduced it all to the class, you know, and I was just hooked. I remember saying to him, Mr. McInerney, like, uh, this is what I want to do, Mr. McInerney. And he was like, you know, you do it, girl, you know, that's, you know, you know, you do that. And kind of that's kind of set me off on this trajectory. Mm. My mum bought me a ZX Spectrum. It was nice. Yes. Our house was secondhand. And this thing was held together with literally with gaffer tape. And I used to just spend hours on there programming things, you know, making my name grow across the screen in waves and all kinds of stuff. And then progressing on to harder things. And I don't know if you ever had a computer or you had a tape recorder in those days, but everything was on tape, wasn't it? Yeah. I spent half my life untangling the tape when it got caught. <laughs> okay. um, so this was kind of the start of like, you know, the obsession with computers. And now when I look back, I don't know, like if you believe in destiny, but it was the start of a journey that feeling like I was really destined for the keyboard is a phrase I often use. And I think what I loved about it was the alchemy. It was the magic of it that, you could sit, you know, your fingertips over the keyboard and there's that myriad of kind of possibilities. And for mm. me, it's already always felt like something very creative. Yeah. And so that's where it started with that, you know, encouragement from Mr. McNerney, my mom, you know, you know, encouraging me anything is possible. And that and then that's something that I just pursued effectively. Mm. And I came away from it for a while. I went to a very prestigious school. I had an academic scholarship there, but you know, it was, you know, this is the 80s, 90s, you know, computers weren't for girls. Yeah. And so off I went to Birmingham as an undergrad and I went and did biochemistry basically because I loved tinkering about in the lab. Mm. Um, but I was still desperate. I was still desperate to do this computing thing. And I remember begging my supervisor at uni to let me do a computer project in my third year. And they were like, what are you going to do? Anyway, so I wrote really early kind of, uh, they were called HCI then, Human Computer Interaction. Okay. I wrote a tutor for biochemistry online, which now we recognize as a learning platform. Yeah. And now I look back and I think, wow, that was really cutting edge. But when mm -hmm. I was doing it, I was just doing what I was always taught to just crack on. I had this idea, I fancied doing it. It wouldn't take no for an answer. And that then led to me being really championed by this lady in the computer science department who didn't show any visible interest in what I was doing, but you know, she went and got me a grant. I did a master's in computer science. And then I was really knee deep then in this journey that had started when I was 11, you know, so uh, 10 years later, yeah. you know, there I was kind of doing what I dreamed of. And that's what I've just been doing ever since, you know, nothing has changed since then. You know, I designed my first website when I was 20. Yeah. Uh, so coming up for 30 years in, in web and design, yeah. And I'm 10 years on my own, doing it on my own. So I used to work in London, I used to commute to the city and, you know, kind of traded that view of train tunnels for the garden. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of questions. So first of all, on the got one not so serious and one serious. I just can't imagine you as like this geeky, you know, geek girl. Were you geeky or were you like, yeah, like, were you like the glamorous? No, just so nerdy. And if I'm honest, I didn't really fit in at school. I was just such a spot, but I was just obsessed by knowledge. I, you know, still now, you know, we're always learning, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, 
I love that there's always something new to learn, something to do, something to find out. So, yeah, the geek girl. I mean, geek girls, that, it wasn't even a thing, was it? Because no girls were being geeky, but I was. No, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we grew up in the same kind of time. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. I remember, you know, I this, our school did get computers. Well, we had the computer room, which I think, yeah. if I remember right, they had about five computers yeah. in it. And it was all the, the green, you know, stuff. And yeah. it just, when you said about... Um, designing your like learning platform thing I was like oh it makes my I remember we had to do a little programming computer I got to do computers because I was really good at maths and so the top people in maths got to do computers and I had to write this little program that was like a rudimentary like stock system for a shop you know if one gets bought one gets taken off I remember thinking oh my god look at me I'm like some computer absolute babe and then yeah and then you do that so yeah it's just kind of ruined my little dream from when I was little but obviously working in London and all that goes with that and then when did you make the switch you said 10 years ago but what was it that prompted you to start Mulberry? Uh, so I'd taken a career break when I had my girls I had I was really poorly after I had my first daughter I had sepsis and it was just life-changing it was life-changing to be faced with something so catastrophic and so I felt like the life I'd had before was like a different life to the person that right. I was afterwards. Yeah. So I had a lovely time at home with my kids and I was really enjoy- enjoying that, but really desperate to kind of get back to work, but wanting more flexibility. I mean, I used to, my husband used to get out of bed in his pajamas, drive me to the station. I'd go to London for the day. Right. He'd come and go to bed. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be on the train. So I wanted something different. And it was a really random conversation with a friend of mine who was running a really successful bakery at the time with a website. And we were talking about, you know, kind of past lives kind of thing, pre-kids. And she said, oh, could you help me with my website? And I said, yeah, probably. I'll have a look. And that was the first time I'd seen WordPress. So by that point, WordPress had been around about 10 years. I think WordPress kind of came into being, I think it was about 2000 and. 13 was it 2000 I've written it down somewhere 2003 so this was 2013 so this is 10 years on right well established platform and I just had the light bulb moment I sat Mm. down in front of the computer totally understood how it worked understood I you know I've been doing web projects for you know years prior Mm. but generally I would what I would be working on was front ends for kind of you know in-house systems so I just got it and I remember coming home and saying to my husband oh Johnny like you know I've come across this thing called WordPress I think it's going to be the next big thing you know this is what I'm going to do that I'm going to help business owners small business owners with their WordPress websites and I had so much experience from working in the city and consulting I had a lot of experience of the whole project lifestyle life cycle so although I had that technical experience and the coding and all of that I also had all the soft skills that went with it. And so I kind of naively started the business, you know, on, you know, with a laptop yeah. and a stack of, you know, business cards and worked on one project at a time. And I did a whole load of work for the Chamber of Commerce, I did portfolio sites, I did sites, you know, rock bottom or even free to build mm-hmm. my portfolio. And I just went from there and I literally, you know, have never looked back in 10 years. And obviously the business is built up now and it's much bigger. And if only I was working on one project at a time. Um, <laughs> but I still love what I do. You know, uh-huh. if I'm super honest, I don't love running a business, but I do love doing the work. I think um, that's applies to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, for me, doing the work, that's the really creative part. That's really understanding, you know, listening and understanding mm. my clients, their business, their challenges, their ethos, their tone of voice, all of these things that you want to, particularly for small business owners, 
you really want to get across in their website and you want it to be a tool for their business and not just, you know, not just somewhere that, you know, is static and talking about what they do, but to for it to really have value. And for me to have added value, I get a lot from that. And I get a lot from the people I work with. I think for me, projects are, they're more about the people, I think, than the end result. The end result is obviously very important, but the bit that I really get from it is I love the design and I love that client relationship and the people in the projects are really and I think that's really important with the the businesses that you're dealing with you know the smaller businesses because it is about the personal to me it is whereas you know a corporate it's a much bigger thing and they're trying to satisfy a lot of things but I think a lot of you know small business owners we know a lot of women in business it is they are their business and Mm. to get that onto you know a screen is is a skill and we'll talk about that in a minute it, I was talking to someone this morning about brand photography and we're saying the same thing yeah. you know not all photographers are the same no. if you're having brand photography it's got to get you across in a still image mm. and that is a skill, it's a skill isn't it it's yeah. a skill yeah 100 I think when I started you know I didn't know about target markets and all of yeah. that stuff you know and my ideal customer and customer personas that you know mm. I learned all of that as I went I had yeah. all the technical skill and the soft skills but this, you know, the other part about marketing myself. Yes. So yeah. this evolution that kind of happened through the business, working with women was like a revelation because I'd gone through this kind of career, very male-oriented career, unusual, very unusual career for a woman, and particularly in that time. And I never questioned it. I didn't particularly experience any bias. You know, anything I did experience was kind of positive because I was kind of standing out from the rest. But I'd never really worked with women and hadn't really thought about it and I'd entered motherhood and then you know that had been something completely different and started mm-hmm. spending time with the women which I just found so joyful and then that's kind of where my business went I didn't mm-hmm. set out to work with female business owners I didn't particularly mm-hmm. set out to work with small business owners I've got a huge skill set I yeah. probably could have taken it in any direction yeah but that's where the joy came from I think and so that's that became the natural mm-hmm. journey and now I work predominantly with female yeah. solopreneurs and small business owners. And I, you know, I do some corporate work, but I don't get as much joy from that. And I think that's really important. I was talking about this with a client the other day of this like value, joy, profit kind of Venn yeah. diagram. And if you can get the three of those and then you've got that sweet spot in the middle where it's satisfying everything. So you're delivering value, it's bringing you joy and you're making money, then, you know, it's a winner every day of the week, really. But not everyone does get that. No, and if that, you know, you need that, don't you, to keep going past, you know, because it isn't all, you know, sunshine and roses. No. You know, no. Some projects are really difficult. You know, some clients, you know, you're just not a match for one reason yeah. or another. Some projects roll on forever for, mm. you know, for whatever reason. That and running a business is really difficult and particularly alone. I think it's very yeah. lonely. Yeah. And so that joy that you get from doing something you love, you know, you know, that that trio you were talking about, that carries you over those humps, doesn't it? You know, yeah. you need that. Yeah, for sure. I've got a question. It's yeah. just of interest to me, really. So when WordPress started, yeah. was it started with the aim that people could like build their own websites, or did it start for, you know? tech people to build websites for the people and then it's become this thing where people can build their own if they want to it started as a blogging platform because blogging okay. became massive didn't it personal blogs yeah. Huge. yeah and so I don't think you know 
the way WordPress is now, the platform that WordPress is now has evolved so much in mm. 10 years and it continues to evolve. And I think that's the, one of the things I really like about it. It's changed so much. If I look back at the site I did 10 years ago compared to now, you know, what is possible is so yeah. different. And also styles change. Yes. I think, you know, WordPress kind of Joomla, Drupal, all of these what are called content management systems, you know, are all kind of were around at that time. WordPress has is massive now compared to some of the other ones. You know, when you think, oh God, I really backed the right horse ball. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Not in any kind of yeah. calculated way, you yeah, know, yeah. throughout the universe. And I was like, but yeah, so it started as a blogging platform and it still is a huge blogging platform. But I think what quickly happened was, you know, going back to those first sites that I designed, they were coded by hand in HTML with Perl scripts. You know, it was heavy going, you know, writing a website at that time. Whereas now with WordPress, you don't need particularly, you know, you don't need to be able to write code to build yeah. yourself a WordPress website. It's an incredible platform. And so it became really popular for lots of reasons, but not least because, you know, building a website in WordPress is really quick. Right. You can prototype a website in a couple of days, you know, and then design iteratively, which is what I like to do. You know, I don't ever design on paper or, or yeah. digital. I'm straight in on the web. And so I think it just became a very powerful tool and very popular. Mm. And, you know, it's so scalable. You know, yeah. the big ones use it, you know, Coca-Cola, Ford, you know, some huge businesses use WordPress. Oh, and, wow. so, and so do you and I. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's, and yeah. then it, because it's open source, it gets contributed to by a huge community and there's loads of associated apps that go mm. with it, which are called plugins. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a plugin for everything in WordPress. So no matter what you're trying to achieve in your business, you know, your back office functions, your front office, your event management, you know, booking meetings, all of this stuff, mm. there's something to add into WordPress for that. And I think that makes it super powerful. And yeah. it's so good for small business owners because, you know, from a price point compared to having a site built for you, yeah, you know, it's just much quicker and simpler to develop using WordPress. And I think, you know, all of those things add to its power. I agree. And so uh, we'll talk about this in a bit, but I've just finished working with you for my snazzy pink yes. in your face website. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and it is really easy to do some bits and pieces. So I don't want to have to do the whole thing, but, you know, I can log in and I can, you know, change a word or something like that. And it is really simple, even though, you know, you've showed me what two months ago probably six weeks ago but I was even able to log in yesterday and just do change something that I, a couple of words that I wanted to do really simply without worrying that I just like trashed the whole bloody thing so yeah it is I agree it's very user-friendly because they're not all like that and I've had other websites and I think it's a nice function to have for people just to be able to go in and change like a word or something that they want to be able to do rather than you know I know someone who pays her web developer she's a tiny business like me but she pays her web person and it's like hundreds every time she wants to do something yeah. I'm just like this is crazy you know what like she just wants to duplicate a page essentially and change a few words I'm like you should be able to do that yourself she's intelligent enough to be able to do it and yet she's going to pay hundreds to this person I'm probably gonna have to wait a couple of weeks whereas I could just do something you know just like that on WordPress which I absolutely love 
I think as small business owners, we need to be agile, don't we? Yes. We want to be agile because that is our power. We can be agile. I want to yes. do this, right? I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. I don't need to consult with a whole bunch yeah. of people or go through a process for this to happen. I can make a decision. I'm going to add that to my portfolio. I am going to offer that as yeah. a service. From point of view, you know, we're not running, you know, million pound businesses. I mean, oh. Might be that'd be nice, but not yet. But yeah, you know that ability to be in control of your marketing budget, to be able to make those changes yourself, and then but also to kind of have that support that when you need more, when you need some design work doing, or you want advice on how to implement something, that you know you have someone that you work with in partnership for that. And I think that's I really try hard to not be a revolving design door because although you know that is a really important part of what I do and it is something I'm good at. I think what I really excel at is the partnerships with clients. Mm-hmm. That, you know, some of my clients have been with me 10 years and yeah. they've come back time after time for redesign or advice on something new. But day to day, most of those clients are, you know, doing their tiny site changes themselves. They're doing their mm-hmm. own blogs. They can edit their content. They can add their events, yeah. you know, all of those kinds of things. But I'm here to support them when they need that or when they're ready for the next Thing. And I think as small business owners as well, we're always evolving, aren't we? Our business yeah. is evolving. Yeah. And I think our websites need to evolve with us to support our business in that way. And for that investment that we make, you know, to get a return on that investment we've made mm. a professional site done, you know, that's a crucial part of it is being able to be in control of it and manage it. Yeah. 100%. Hey, just a quick word to let you know that today's podcast is proudly sponsored by Mulberry Design. Meet Sarah Sarkis. She's the driving force behind Mulberry Design, boasting over 25 years of web design expertise. She's not just a pro, she's your go-to guru for all things web. Sarah is a passionate advocate for female business owners, specializing in crafting contemporary WordPress websites that will turbocharge your online presence and boost your revenue like never before. Why do clients adore Sarah? It's not just her design finesse, it's her collaborative spirit. She's the perfect partner in success, blending technical ability with a warm, friendly approach that makes your website dreams a reality. At Mulberry Design, it's not just about creating your website. It's about tapping into your inspiration, understanding your business needs and ensuring your web presence syncs harmoniously with your vision. Go check out mulberrydesign.co.uk where Sarah's mission is to make your business shine or connect with her online at LinkedIn to start the conversation at linkedin.com forward slash Sarah Sarkis. That's Sarah Sarkis from Mulberry Design with over 25 years of web design excellence. Let's talk about websites a bit more. So I'm going to ask you a few questions all together and then you can answer it all as a one. So (laughs) do we need a website is one of the things because I know some people would say, you know, when you're starting out, if you are a solopreneur, for instance, you know, it's not the first thing that you need to do. My view on that is, I'm going to, I can see writing down this is good because I'm going to go off at all sorts of tangents. My view is I get it. If I started working with a client and they were brand new, 
I wouldn't be saying go and spend whatever it was on a website because I think it can be a procrastination tool, a bit like I've got to get my branding, I've got to get this. And it's got no, what you've got to do is get out there and get some clients home. Yeah. And that's what you need to do. So, do we need a website? What are the different kinds of websites that you can have? For instance, you know, I think when I first came to you, I used the phrase brochure site, which I've just heard somewhere. And you were like, you don't need to do more than that. So, tell yeah. us a bit about that. Okay. And then what do you think people's, what's the word I'm looking for? Why are people put off about getting, coming to a professional website designer? And um, okay. like, I know for me, I think it's really going to be really expensive and they're going to talk to me in a language that I don't understand and I'm going to feel stupid. And so it's answered your just... question, you just don't need me. Well, no, because oh, you'll have more insight, but like that, that's my thing. So yeah, I think yeah. there was three questions there. Yeah. So off you go. Do, do we need a website? Well, I think other people think we need one. Yeah. And so people look for one. Yes, I and agree. And I think when you're a brand new business owner, and I see clients do this, they come and they want everything. They want the website. They want it to be all singing, all dancing. They want the photographer. They want the branding package. They want a copyright. They want all of these things. Yeah. And they've got no budget at all or a very mm. small budget or they're just spending all of their money that they've got yes. and think, wow that's going to take you a really long time to be you know for your turnover to you know for that to make any sense for you to yeah. your money back yeah. and so I always think you know if you're going to do that you know you start small you know if you feel like you you are going to start with a website and other people will look for you on a website that's the advantage is it does give you instant credibility right or wrong you know you could be running your business out of a cardboard box but you could look like a million multi-million pound business yeah. uh, that it can be a really very valuable tool mm. uh, but equally well I agree I think it's something that you can easily get wrong yeah. you know you see people they just get their website up it's like a box ticking exercise you, know, mm-hmm. you need a website so you know, they either spend something ridiculous on it and they're never going to get that investment back or they spend so little that it's kind of, I don't know, counterproductive. Mm -hmm. It's a really tricky one. I think you do need one. People expect you to have one. But I would always encourage people to seek advice, you know, ask someone else who's got one, someone that you know that you like their website, who did yours or how did you do it? You know, lots of people do their websites themselves. So, you know, talk to other people about what they did. And don't rush in with all your money, you know, that it's possibly you know, not a great investment. Equally well, if you can afford, you know, a professional site and, you know, you want to be really clear with your developer what you want. Mm-hmm. If you want to own that site, you never want your designer developer to own your site. You want to own that domain name. You want to own that hosting. You want admin access, right? Do you want mm-hmm. all that stuff? Because this is yours. Yes, exactly. You don't want to be over a barrel from, yeah. from a pricing point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. I wrote a blog article years ago that I republished many times, 10 things you forgot to ask your web designer. And that was the, you know, will I own my domain name? You know, how do I access my hosting package? Does it include email? You know, all of these important things. So, so yes, I think we do need one, but I think, you know, you don't have to spend your life savings on it and find someone kind to help you. Um, there are lots of different kinds of sites and there's lots of different platforms and you know there's lots of web builders out there like Wix and Squarespace and I see a lot of clients begin there and then they move off there and I've got you know I did a couple last year for someone who I met at Woman Who actually Woman Who Awards and she'd been on Wix for years a site that she just built herself 
had, had done the job and she'd become extremely successful. She was ready for the next thing. And so, you know, we moved that all to WordPress platform. We rebuilt it and really kind of added to it and mm. added some real polish. And it was so rewarding to do. She was so ready for that. She had the budget for it. You know, she knew what she wanted. She knew what she didn't want because she'd already had one. Yeah. Um, so it was a really informed choice for her. And so mm. that, you know, those projects are great. You know, so there's those kind of platforms. Brochure sites, you know, is something that, you know, when you've got a website, it's a brochure site. Mm. What people mean by that is it's a site that's not really doing anything it doesn't have a function over information you know it's your trifold leaflet it's the this is what I do this is who I do it for this is where I do it this is where you can buy it or you know this is where I deliver it and it's you know and it's all of that and it's your blog and all those other things but I think your website can function in so many ways it's a shame if that's its only function you know there's things you know can people book meetings with you on there you know people use a calendly now which is a brilliant tool there's loads of things like that you know you can sell you can do event management on your website so there's lots of those kind of obvious front facing things that your site can do but there's also all the back office stuff it can help you with you know that calendly can link straight through to zoom and although it's not you know a function of your website it feels like it is so it's all integrated into one so it's saving you time Uh, you know hidden pages where you've got information that you regularly send to clients don't type in an email you know bung that on your website and share that you know there's so many ways you can use your website to help you in your business as a tool as well as helping your current customers with customer portals and future customers with information so you know, it's really important, I think, to view it as something that you spend time on, you know, quarterly, yeah. some, you know, that to make sure that the right information is there, what, you know, what services am I adding now, make sure that's all on there, to keep it up to date and to think, you know, what functions could this be performing? Mm. And I think that's an advantage of WordPress because it's so modular that, you know, for clients who are starting out, I say, let's just start small. We'll yeah. start with three pages, you know, in a year's time, you know, or two years time, five years time, they might have a whole host of pages plus other functions. Yes. But at no point have you had to start again. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of a modular system that you can build as you go. Mm. That is agile like you yeah. are. And it business. can grow with you. That's really good. It's like a couple of things you said there right at the beginning when I said about when I say to clients, you know, no, you don't need a website. It's because they're using it as a procrastination tool. But I yeah. do agree credibility wise because I do this myself. Yeah. I looked for someone the other day and hadn't got a website. And I'm like, you feel like they don't really? exist, don't you? Yeah, I, I tell you the other thing. Oh, I'm going, I'm being an email snob now, but I don't like when people have got like a Gmail or Hotmail thing. It really puts me off. Nick the Gardener 567. Yeah. Or someone who's had it from like school days and it's something really inappropriate. And you yeah. see it pass it on the back of a van and you think, God, yeah. you, know, you feel like it speaks volumes about their professionalism and it actually yeah. really doesn't reflect their professionalism. But yeah. you feel like it doesn't. And that is a barrier, isn't it? Yeah. And so, you know that kind of professional email address we find it reassuring don't we yeah totally but what's it costing about like five quid or something doesn't it but it's like I'm just like if you can't be asked to get a five quid email thing do I want to buy your 1500 quid program no the answer is no I don't such a simple thing to do isn't it and it and I think it is an outward reflection of your inward professionalism that we feel we, we make choices based on that. And so that's such a, 
simple thing to do, isn't it? And yet yeah. so many people are still using those silly emails. No, they are. I tell you, I came across one the other day and actually I really respected this person and I really wanted their service. And then when I saw that email, I'm just like, no, I'm, I am terrible. I'm like, oh. you know, once I'm I'm like, that's it. No, off, gone, done. I've just got to tell so, you a yeah. story about email addresses super quick. So when I went traveling, because I spent about two years traveling all over the world and I'm obsessed by travel. Yeah. Um, so how old was I? I was 24 when I went traveling. So I, my mom never had an email address. So I set a one up as a joke before yeah. I left. Yeah. And this email address is my mom is the greatest. I won't tell you what the end is because okay. I don't want to be spammed. Um, and she still has that one. <laughs> I used to laugh every time she has to say it out loud or I have to give it to someone. Oh. Wow, that was meant to be like a temporary email yeah yeah the greatest so it, when she starts her own business which <laughs> she may do I'll be advising her to get a new one for sure yeah and the other thing that I want to talk about is because I think one when I said about what puts people off and you yeah. said that's my own question but I think the other thing is that they don't know what's going to go on and the pricing it's and I think really this hard, is isn't it? yeah but I love, so I like to be open about pricing and my, you know, I've got some pricing on my website and I get that people will go, oh, well, it's really difficult, but you know what, give people a ballpark. So when I give you an example, when we were planning our wedding and most of my planning was done on a weekend because I'm busy in the week. So I'm searching on people's websites. I want to know, give me a ballpark first because yeah. I don't want to waste your time and I don't yeah. want to waste my time. And that's what I love. So we're going to put all your details in, but it's mulberrydesign.co.uk, is it? Yeah, mulberrydesign.co.uk. And we'll put yeah. all these in the show notes. But, yeah. you know, you've got clear pricing on there. And the yeah. other thing I love is you've got all those templates as well. So people who, you know, don't know where to start, you've got like, a, a, you can yeah. have the starting so point. I do two different types of work. So I do bespoke work and that's when I design a site for you from scratch. You know, it's a longer pro program. We do multiple rounds of edits and it's a bigger project. But I also do these projects, which are called Mulberry Box, which is what you had, where I've done a set of designs already. And the advantage of these is that you kind of roughly know what your site's going to look like before you get it. You understand yeah. how the process is going to work. It's a fixed cost. Yeah. You know, I think when we have any anything done that we need doing, you know, you know, when one person in the street gets their double glazing done and everyone's yeah. windows have been falling apart for 50 years, everyone gets it done. Yes. You know, the same guy comes and does everything. Yeah, yeah. It's that same thing, isn't it? That we're worried about it. We want someone to help us do it. We know it needs doing, but we want someone we can trust. We want to know how much it's going to cost and what it's going to look like when it's done. So when our neighbours have their double glazing done and we yeah. know all of those things, they've taken the risk and now we're just going to do the same and then everyone else's. And yeah. that's kind of how referrals work, isn't it? Yeah, that's of course. Yeah. That's how yeah. my business works. Yeah. But I think... It's scary, isn't it? It's something really technical, yeah. something we don't understand, so it's baffling. And we're worried we're going to be, I don't know, done over somehow. Mm. We know what we want. We need someone to guide us through yes. that process of, you know, what are you trying to achieve? And mm. we want it to reflect, you know, our yeah. businesses, which is really important, isn't it? How disappointing to end up with something you think, mm, it's just not me, though. Yeah, no, exactly. Me. Yeah, you know, and so then you don't want to put it out there. I think for yeah, the first time for me... And I've done some self-design on Wix and then we graduated to another one for the other side of the business. And, I, you know, I've never been happy with that. And so therefore we haven't done a lot with it because 
we're mm-hmm. not, we weren't really proud of it. Whereas with my dawnowing.com, go and check it out, people. I just love it. It's like it's so you know, my baby. It's so yeah. messy. Yeah. And I just want to show it off to yeah. as many people as possible and just like love on it all the time. And I <laughs> won't let it sit there, you know, because I you talked about updating it, keeping it yeah. fresh. And I've actually now created, because I'm mad on my diary. If it's not in my diary, it's not getting done. I've created just a monthly recurring thing on the first of the month to check that and my LinkedIn and my Facebook, just to make sure it's fresh for that month and it's got what I want on there. Because, you know, I might not do anything, but I've got that reminder in there because I want to love on it because I just adore it so much. It's such a good feeling, isn't it, when it re- you feel like it really reflects your business. Yeah. And I think that's something that I get so much joy from because I think, most of my clients, the majority of my clients, I've met them before, you know, the mm. no like trust thing has happened, the referral thing has happened, you know, and so there's not many that appear out the blue, there's a, you know, there's some, but there's not many. And so I already know something about you, I know something about kind of what you're putting out on your socials, and I've talked yeah. to you, and we've met and all of these things, that inadvertently like I'm gathering information this entire time so it is so awesome it's the best feeling when you've known someone for ages and sometimes it's years isn't it yeah and then they come to you and they say I really want to talk to you about my website and like you know I'm like a little victory cheer inside like this is really exciting how exciting to already know so much about this person or their ethos or their story and then to be able to help them kind of you know, with this digital marketing exercise with their website and take all of that stuff I already know and, you know, and all the other stuff that goes with it, you know, all mm. the conversations that we have about what you're trying to achieve and give that to you. Because to me, it's like a gift to be able to do it. Mm. And then I get to get, you know, and then and you get to have it and then it's yours. And, yeah. and then, you know, I don't know. It's just a great feeling. It's a lovely part of my business. Yeah. No, I like to say I, it was a joy to work with you, and it was so easy. And I know I I am not the easiest person to work with. I know that because quite often I well, like we all do, I know what I don't want, but I yeah. can't always articulate what I do want. I'm a very visual person, but I can't conjure it. And yeah. so you know, having to be able to look at some of the templates, and then you kind of made it me and sent it to me before I'd even got some wording on there, and I knew straight away, yes, this is you know, on the right track. And I could talk around that whole process for ages. But actually, while we've been talking, I've had this great idea. (laughs) I'm not going to keep everyone in suspense. I'm going to tell you what it is. So within the High Vibe Tribe Facebook group, what I thought I would do is have some experts on to share their expertise with the community. So obviously to come from having you on, you know, to share those. Right, let's just talk about the five steps to do if you're going to look for a website from scratch or you're going to refresh your branding and stuff so yeah. we will continue this yeah, conversation no, but in the meantime let me yeah. ask you some other stuff what's oh. coming up for you for the rest of the year you know when you've finished going on holiday for the whole summer well when I finish going on holiday for the whole summer I'll be back in September finishing off the projects I still haven't I still haven't done yeah <laughs> and actually my diary gets full up really quick so I've got some really yeah. nice projects lined up for September and I feel like my life revolves around the academic year. So we've got, you know, new academic year starting at home for my girls. So that always brings some, you know, interesting things are happening with that. Yeah. And more in-person networking, I think, you know, right. it's something that I absolutely love. I find in-person networking equally, you know, joyous and 
I am completely with you on that. Anyone that knows me knows that. Yeah. yeah. But what I, you know, sometimes I have to force myself to go, but I get so much from it. It's a little bit like exercise. You know, you don't want to go, but when you've been like, you feel awesome. Yes. And yeah. what I've realized as I've got older, and I think this has really happened in the last 10 years is that I really thrive on other people's energy and being with other people and feeling their energy and really get a lot from other people. And so I've really got to force myself out from behind the desk and go and do that in-person networking because when I do it, I really love it. Mm -hmm. So lots more of that, I think, and just kind of pressing the business forward and bringing my daughter into the business into September. Oh, Exciting. I've wanted an apprentice for ages. Yeah. And she's so interested. And I thought, well, why not give it a bash? Yeah. And that opportunity to kind of give her some skills that actually, you know, she's really interested in travel. Mm. And it's a skill that once you have it, you can take it anywhere. Yeah. And with working as well. So I'm really excited about that. That's really good. And I'm going to be doing, this is not till 2024, collaborative workshops, which are going to be around, you know, I don't want you to come to my workshops and me tell you what you should be doing. I'm going to show you how to do some of these important things with your website or in your business, uh, all around digital marketing, but with other people I've worked with for a really long time who have got like some really fantastic core skills as well right. that'd be great to deliver that together and i've got a really nice new venue so that's exciting but that's yeah. not until 2024 Ooh, see we have the heads yeah. up there yeah. on what's coming yeah. up and i'm yeah. totally with you on networking and for a while i mean when we were in covid and i did a lot of online i never thought i would go out in person networking again and i didn't when it first started up but i talked about this actually this morning on a live in the facebook group yeah i this time last year well it was in in the just before july I did a, my summer of visibility plan. So I decided that instead of July, August, and then September being, you know, July and August, some people say, oh, everyone's away, yeah. service office. Let's like, you know, just take our foot off the gas. I put my foot on the gas mm. and really upped my visibility. And it started to pay off. But now, 12 months later, it's really paying off. Yeah. I'm really busy. Um, you know, I'm in demand for speaking and stuff, which I love doing. And so it's like, I want to do the same now and I'm keeping up. I think it was about April time that I set myself a goal to do some kind of networking at least, if not every week, three times a month. So not always in person, because that would literally kill me. And I've by and large stuck to it. And different things. It's not all been mm-hmm. networking event. You know, yeah. sometimes it's been a lunch. Sometimes it's been a different kind of event. But again, getting out there and having that energy off of the people. And I run my own events as well, as you know. And I've really enjoyed it. And now a lot of people are not putting on networking events in August. And I'm actually missing it. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. what am I going to do in August to, you know, keep up my visibility and yeah. keep out there? So I'm very much with you on that. But I do have to force myself to go. I think I always have that battle the night before of like, oh, am I going to go? And then I kind of convince myself, oh, well, I could stay at home. I could get so much more done. And then because I made this promise to myself, I do go. I've got a really good hint on that is not only arrange to go with another person, but at least three of you. Because when there's two of you, you can go, oh, Sarah, should we give it a miss? We could do so much. But if there's a third person, we'd be like, no, we can't. And that has really stood me in good stead. And I'm really enjoying the in-person networking. So me me too. Hope to see you out there. 
Yeah, I think because I spend so much time in front of the computer as well, I find Zoom networking really draining. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's nice to get that mix. And I think, I don't know, like my favorite phrase, phrase is I haven't got time. Like I've just got to stop saying that because yeah. you've just got to put the time in and make the time to go to those things because the list is never ending, isn't it? It's like the of course list. it is. Of course it is. More. And, and the thing with yeah. I haven't got time is always, you know, it's not that you haven't got time. It's just that you putting something else as a priority so it's yeah. about deciding what the priority is so yeah exactly so yeah right well let's wrap up but okay. we always end with the last word this is where okay. i guess their last something or other so it would have been very easy to ask you about your last holiday but as there's so many i thought you wouldn't be able to pick so i've gone for the last when was the last time that you laughed till it hurt or till you cried I mean, it was only yesterday because my youngest daughter, Jessie, who's 13, is an absolute comedian and she's so, so funny. And every now and again, she just comes out with something absolutely insane. And Barbie is massive at the moment. Yes. She has been a Barbie fan forever. In fact, she is Barbie on our cruise. <laughs> she stood in a Barbie box being Barbie. Yes. Um, and she just did this Barbie monologue with American accents, the works, and yeah. me and my other daughter Liv were literally wetting ourselves laughing. So it's always Jess, always Jess making Love us that. cry, cry laugh, with laughter. Love so, yeah, that. Jess today. <laughs> and because you are Mrs. Tech, obviously, what was the last app that you downloaded, or maybe the last useful app that you downloaded? Oh, yeah, because the last one was like super techy, and it's called WireGuard, and it. Gives you a VPN so people can't hack into your phone when you're using Wi-Fi. Yeah. What but was the last interesting like, one? Yeah, I mean, that's just not interesting, is it? Is it the last one? Oh God, this is brilliant, right? Love this one. Use this every day. So about six months ago, I started a bit of a gratitude practice in trying to just, you know, start the day in a positive way and not with the I've got no time mantra. And I have used every gratitude app and diary known to man. And I do have a paper diary, and that's my favorite yeah um, but you've got to pay for them all and, and yes so and I found this brilliant one and it's Australian and it's called Smiling Mind and it actually has some brilliant mindful practices okay. and it has a lovely interface and it's free and you can either have a male voice or a female voice and it's just the best one I've found and it's called Smiling Mind and every mind I've written that down we're going to put yeah. it in the show so look it up it's a really nice it's not a gratitude app it's for mindfulness so I do my gratitude and yeah. then I do my mindfulness. But it's lovely. Do it outside. It's just so nice. I love that. But I also love the word yeah. that you use the word interface in there. <laughs> yes, she really is a science techie nerd. Absolutely. It's a great interface. Okay. That is lovely. Though. don't know what that means. Right. Okay. Well, look, we could chat Ooh. here all day. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to put oh, all your you. contacts in the show notes. And I do encourage you all to connect with Sarah and have a look at her lovely website. And if you are thinking about getting a new website or changing your website, I would encourage you to get in touch with her and listen up for when we're going to do these, I don't know what we're going to call them, like geek masterclasses. Yes. Uh, within the High Vibe Tribe. Yeah. Sucking the uh, knowledge out of everyone's Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah. Come in. That'd be great. So thanks for joining us today. I'm going to end it there now. I'll be back soon with a brand new episode. In the meantime, remember to keep those vibes high. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, 
then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high. Bye.